Fantasyland, what is going on? It is your boy, Andrew Schellenberg, at AM Schellenberg on Twitter. We are back for another Triflex and Triflex in number three, but a month after the draft actually finished. So we're going to shut down rounds 11 through 20. Theo and I already did one through 10 on the first two podcasts. Go ahead and catch up on those two uh, if you want to hear how our draft started in a lot more detail. Uh, but before we get into the finish and rating other people's teams and all this other goodness, Let's make sure that we introduce Theo. Theo, partner in crime, the brains and the beauty behind this Triflex and 1250 startup. Theo, what's going on? How are you? Uh, nothing. I'm, I'm excited to talk about team. I think I think we have a really, really, really nice team. And uh, it's interesting to look back now a month later um, as to, you know, the, the processes we had with the picks and uh, how the NFL draft kind of changed our strategy mid-draft. And uh, yeah, but I, I, I mean, I really like this team. I'm happy with the way it turned out. Yeah, and I mean, no, no better time to review a, a dynasty startup, maybe 10, 20 years, you know, in, in the making, right? We want, we want, we want to have a, a winner 10, the next 10 years. Um, hey, we're going to review it a month later, right? It's the perfect time to do it. Of course, all, everything is known. We know exactly how it's all going to turn out, right, Theo? Absolutely. All right, let me pull up our draft board and, and we'll kind of recap kind of where we've been. And again, we're doing a dynasty startup. It's the new Rotoviz format on the FFPC. Great place to play. What's great about this format, Theo, you and I covered it, the first two uh, episodes of the Triflexen series. Um, you have to start three wide receivers. You have to start three wide receivers. It's in the tight end premium. It makes things just a little bit more shallow in terms of getting that right starting uh, lineup and, and kind of how thin the wide receiver position gets. Um so I'm showing our draft board. We went through the first 10 picks. Where we wanted to get was we wanted to get a nice, solid foundation, right, Theo? We wanted to make sure we had a couple quarterbacks on the board and a startup. You can only take three max. Um, so sh- showing our first few picks, we got Saquon on the board. Uh, we got Najee Harris as our running back, too. And then we started peppering the wide receiver crew, right? We've got A.J. Brown, Calvin Ridley, Amari Cooper. We love those three. We can slot those right into our uh, three starting uh, wide receiver spots. Uh, and then we started grabbing our quarterbacks. We grabbed LaVisca, uh, I guess we grabbed Ryan Tannehill, Matt Ryan, and then LaVisca Chenault. Uh, to round out the top 10, kind of where we've been, the first two podcasts, again, covered in more detail. Then we snagged Derek Carr and Tony Pollard. So, Theo, heading into round 11, we don't have a tight end on the board yet, but uh, let's give a little bit of, about where we've been. How are you feeling 10 rounds in? Are we happy about it? Um, you know, right before we finish this thing off with the last 10 rounds. Yeah, so we, we felt very good about our build. Um, Derek Carr was sort of the, the pick that we, we took somewhat begrudgingly, but we were very you know, happy to get our quarterback three. It kind of cleared out the, uh, the quarterback, you know, the, ne- the necessity of taking a third quarterback, and it kind of opened us up to other possibilities uh, the rest of the draft. Um, not taking a tight end in the first 10 rounds of uh, an FFPC Dynasty League is difficult. But the triflexed format um, kind of kind of makes it a little um, less necessary. So we took a slight risk on not taking our tight end. Um, but you know, when we got to the end of the tenth round, uh, we felt like you know we could just hold tight and somebody would fall to us, and they did. Yeah, and that was the that was the Tony Pollard pick uh, from episode two <laughs> when I started yes. going nuts in in the moment. Of, of being really worried about taking Tony Pollard. And of course, like, look, looking back on that, Theo, uh, maybe as I switch to the draft board view here um, on the podcast, right? We took Tony Pollard. And what that did was 
you, you know, I think it was, you know, Mims, um, or I guess, I guess excuse me, Tyler Board, Tyler Boyd, Michael Pittman, Elijah Moore, and Jalen Rager all went. And it was like, oh, damn, we missed out on those four wide receivers. Yes. You know, lo- looking back, I think that we're much happier having Tony Pollard on the team and then having, again, you said it, clearing the deck for us to be able to get Derek Hart and feel good about it, like a floor of a third quarterback. And maybe of, of those looking back on it, it would be great to have Elijah Moore, but I don't think that we really missed much um, for all of my whining and complaining uh, over the Tony Pollard pick. Yeah, I mean, it would be nice to have a, a Boyd or Pittman or especially Elijah Moore, who I'm a huge fan of, um, or even Rager. Um, there's some news, you know, he's going to be running the slot in Philly. So having one of those guys would be a nice luxury, but, but having Pollard as our running back three, um, it gives us immense upside. It, it's a 17-game season. He's shown you what he can do um, when he got the full role and Zeke missed. Um, you know, I think if, if, if Zeke went down tomorrow, Tony Pollard goes in the second round of football guys draft. I think he would be a rocket ship. And, uh, yeah. you know, he would be drafted not quite as high as Zeke, but maybe, you know, five to, to ten, ten spots lower than him. He'd, he'd be going, you know, uh, probably ahead of the likes of, like, J.K. Dobbins and, and DeAndre Swift right now in a, in a football guys draft if he had a full, full load. And, you know, we are both bullish on him. Um, having a bit of a role, even with Zeke there, um, I think he's shown enough. It's year three; uh, it's time to time to get him involved and make that offense a little more diverse. So we're 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 very happy about Tony Pollard. And uh, hindsight is always twenty twenty in these things. We can't necessarily beat ourselves up about you know missing out on a couple of guys that we also like when we ended up with somebody we do like. Yeah. And now, and now, you know, as, as I told you, I'm, I'm way more emotional in the moment. And so now, now I feel great about it. Uh, I, I'm happy to have Tony Pollard on board. So, so Theo, again, the first two versions of this, we went more pick by pick. Um, let's go a couple of picks here, maybe talking about 11, 12, and then we can kind of finish it off with some more higher level discussion. But we said at first 10 rounds, we didn't take a tight end. Mentioned it was a little bit more difficult to do. I think that we were feeling okay with how the board was you know, opened up to us. Um, we ended up taking Hunter Henry uh, at the 11-10. Um, we took Henry, Hunter Henry around like a pocket of four tight ends um, in five picks. Cole Komet, Hunter Henry, Pat Fryermuth, and then Tyler Higby. Theo, we went Hunter Henry. What's the thinking on Hunter Henry? And then anybody you would have preferred in that pocket over Henry? Maybe like a, a Tyler Higby, maybe for like a 2021 season perhaps? So I think that's you could make an argument that Higby um 2021 might be ahead of Henry. Um I certainly would would rather have Logan Thomas uh if he would have fallen a couple spots. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, th- I, I think Thomas to me is 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 a you know, if we're if we're ranking tight ends for um, you know, football guys purposes, Logan Thomas is probably right, right around like tight end 9 um whereas Henry would be in probably like that 12 to 14 range. So for me, it's a Thomas. He had 72 catches last year. Um, you know, he's in a in a good offense. Um, but Henry Henry had the Patriots made a big commitment to Henry. Um, he got a 15 million dollar signing bonus to come there. Um, he's still a, a young player. Um, so I think that there's the 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 fact that John Smith is there kind of makes Henry and Smith um, somewhat values. There's you're taking a bit of a risk that the other one's going to, you know, kind of be the be the main guy. But I think that they'll be in, in two tight end formation, you know, pretty much for the whole year. They're going to figure out interesting ways to get them the ball. Um, 
Hunter Henry's had some injury concerns over his first few years, but when he's played, he's been he's looked the part. Um, and you know, we both liked him, and I think he offers us a uh, he offers us enough that we can put him in in twenty twenty one, knowing that we'll get probably tight end one production, um, and hopefully he's a guy that has a nice you know two three year stretch and and plays out his contract well um, for for the Patriots. So I'm happy with it. Pat Fryermuth, I think a year from now. We might say, you know, Fryermuth is the real deal. He might shoot up like a rocket ship, but for year one, um, he's for year one, he's um, you know, going to be in a timeshare with with Eric Ebron. And there's three wide receivers of note in Pittsburgh. Plus, Najee's going to hopefully catch C five passes for us. So, um, Fryermuth to me is is one that I would like to have, but I don't think you can take Fryermuth as your tight end one in this unless you're kind of punting year one in a productive struggle. So yeah. And, and, of, and, of, and of course we're not right. We're, I think that we're yeah. going for, I think we feel good about the long-term prospects, but I also think that we have a competitive team uh, here in year one. And, and when you say tight end one, I mean, after, I mean, to me, after you get off those you know, top four, top five guys, especially if you think about, as you said, that football guys, ADP, I, yeah. I mean, I'm just, Deal. I'm hoping for like a tight end 15 season. Yeah. I would accept that on a winner, right? Like you, you promise me he finishes as a tight end 15 and I'm like, I'm hitting accept on that all day long. Yes, please. It's, it's sort of like, um, like last year it was, it was such a, there was so much parity at the tight end position between like tight end five, and tight end 20, where you might get like two more points per game. Um, out of having like, you know, TJ Hawkinson versus, having, you know, some, you know, Hawkinson was like 11 points a game. Um, and he was, he was right up there. Tanyan was like 11 points a game. So it's, uh, you know, like you said, it's, if you don't have one of the elite tight ends, then you can survive with a, with a guy like, like Hunter Henry. Um, yeah. This, and this is no excuses, right? But like, you know, this time last year, Logan Thomas wasn't being drafted. We're, we're going to have a fab run before the season starts. And, you know, when we're going to have access to, to this year's Logan Thomas, if he presents himself over the course of the training camps and preseason. So, you know, I, I like, I like Hunter Henry. He's the perfect floor. I'm glad we didn't reach. I, I love the spot in this draft to start grabbing your tight end. Um, p- pivoting. Cause I, I, you know, again, we don't, we're not going to go through pick by pick. And of course I, I said that and we've gone 11 and then I want to talk about 12. Cause one interesting thing that happened in, Obviously, you're aware, but you know, our draft was moving slow and it was leading right up into the NFL draft. And I couldn't quite tell, right? You and I couldn't tell, like, is this on purpose? Is this a collective draft just agreeing like, hey, okay, we're, we're not going to be able to finish this before, before the NFL draft. Let's slow it down as much as possible. So we all know as much in, information. But our 12th pick, if you look at where we picked them among some of these other draft picks, you would know that this pick was made before the NFL draft started because we took yes. Tyler Walsh at the 1203. So I, let, let's talk about T- Tylen Wallace in the sense of if he's our biggest regret in the draft, and I've moved off of Tony to Pollard being a, a regret, love that pick now. But if Tylen Wallace is our biggest regret in the draft, what's the thought process there? What were we thinking pre-draft? Because he did, I mean, we were listening before, you know, pre-show. He went before Diami Brown. Zero percent chance that we're going to see that, you know, happening now. And obviously Tylen will drop to, you know, back and maybe even just not even be like a 20th round pick. What were we thinking when we drafted Tylen Wallace? Obviously, before the NFL draft. Well, we both like Tylen Wallace, and I think that a lot of a lot of fantasy football like Tylen Wallace. Um, you know, I know the guys at Rotoviz like him. Um, I know that that there was Jay Zacharyson liked him. I know a lot of a lot of people stake their claim on Tylen Wallace, 
I think that Talon Wallace scared NFL teams with his ACL injury. I think maybe we should have considered that a little bit more. Um, but we took a shot with Wallace. Obviously, I'd, I'd rather have anybody else taken in this round uh, at the wide receiver position. But we went bullish on Wallace. We wanted to get another wide receiver. Um, our thinking was Wallace would have a chance to be like a second round, high second round rookie pick. Um, yep. in, in standard FFPC leagues, and yep. it would have been good value right here. Uh, but, yeah, if we could flip it with Gallup right now, it would be the um, the move. But, you know, round 12 hit rates are not great anyway. Um, so, you know, we're, if, if, you, if you miss on a guy in, in round four, you really feel it. But if you miss on a guy in round 12, you can kind of live with it. So, you know, we, we you know, Talon Wallace going in the fifth round was pretty horrible for us, but – <laughs> texting, it, it, we're texting the whole draft. Is it going to be him? And of course, then he goes to the Ravens on to, to top it all off. Theo, he goes to the Ravens, so he goes he goes to a team with with Rashad Bateman and uh, and Hollywood Brown in a yeah. on a team where you know he'll be lucky to get forty five targets for a year, and we call that a kind of success for a fifth round pick right there. So, you know, I'm not ready to call Talon Wallace dust, but hit rates yeah. on fifth round wide receivers are low and. You can't imagine there's going to be too many fantasy-friendly receivers in Baltimore. If they have two fantasy-friendly wide receivers, that's a smashing success for them uh, with Mandrews. So, yeah, we'll take the L on Talon Wallace. We'll take the L on that one. Well, let's just hope he makes a – the, the the you know the opening day roster and then uh, yeah. we'll, we'll go from there and, and see how that see how the value progresses. Yeah, and like uh, but, you but said, you know, if you're yeah. you could potentially be cutting Tylen Wallace, yep. and um, but the you know, like I said we, we um we're not sitting back passively. That the first waiver wire run for any league you do right. is always super productive. I mean, the last couple of years you can think of like Darren Waller went on you know early waiver yep. wire runs. Um, Terry McLaurin went on to early move away from wire runs. DJ Shark, this is this is two yeah, years James, ago. Yeah, James Robinson, yeah. James Robinson last year. I mean, you can name your yeah, Logan Thomas, Robert Tanya, yeah, and a lot yeah. of these guys were waiver wire picks. So, uh, you know, we won't really overthink this one. That will that no. Talon Wallace will we'll move on from him. Absolutely. So the draft does start. Let's let's skip around. Uh, so we we're gonna please the people. We're not gonna go through every pick. Skip a round. Fourteenth um, round is when the NFL draft starts. I love the beginning of this round. It wasn't our pick, but I love the Jordan Love pick. I think this is when the the Aaron Rodgers uh, news was 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 going crazy on the NFL draft day. But you and I are on the clock as the draft starts. Um, we're sitting on it, sitting on it. We knew with the wide receivers left on this particular draft that probably you know the you know what was left was not going to be a day one wide receiver. Uh, but we did react to the draft, Theo. Um, there was a particular draft pick that made us go a certain way at 1403. Why don't you talk about that and kind of like what, what you and I were thinking almost immediately uh, once the uh, once the NFL draft pick was made. So Justin Fields goes to the Chicago Bears and we, um, you know, immediately were taught. We already had Darnell Mooney in our consideration for the 14th round. We had grabbed Nyan Himes a, a few picks before, which we were happy about. It's like a, a nice lore play running back to add to our depth. So we wanted to go back to wide receiver um, and, you know, Mooney went from a consideration to a guy that we were kind of excited about taking right here. He had success in year one. He's a true deep threat. Um, I think he offers a lot of what, you know, you, you get a guy like Hollywood Brown or, you know, Henry Ruggs uh, two rounds earlier. Um, he's, he's very fast. He's a second-year player, and now he looks to be, you know, 
in a great situation with Justin Fields. I, I'm, I think Mooney has a chance of being a, a wide receiver three this season. I think that's a, a realistic bet. Um, I think he could, he could certainly um, not crack the wide receiver three range, but I think that his skill set matches up with Fields. And we absolutely reacted uh, with Raft, and we we got a young player with, that we think has some upside. Um, so yeah, we were we were stoked. Yeah, Mooney right there on the 14th. Fields deep ball thrower. Mooney a ton of air air yards last year. Just never connected. Deep ball artist. So let's let, let's see let's see what happens. So yep. At, at, at worst, he's you know, I, I think that he makes our our 20 person roster, um, and I and I think that we're we're pretty happy if we've got, you know we're using him as a injury week fill in, or if he's our wide receiver five, if we're starting, you know, two wide receivers in our flex, I, I think that we're pretty happy with that. Yeah, um, going absolutely. Forward. yeah. So again, we're now getting better information, Theo, as the draft progresses. Uh, I think that we're thinking, you know, somewhat along the lines of, okay, let's target some day two wide receivers. Uh, Cause a lot of, you know, a lot of the running backs, just quite frankly, were either already drafted or the ones that are going now that in the NFL draft are going way too late. So We've got a little bit of information on the board. I think that ultimately, Theo, you and I had three day two wide receivers on our mind. Anthony Schwartz, Dwayne Eskridge, and Josh Palmer. Now, we went two of those three. Um, once you kind of like walk, walk through which ones that we went and kind of like why, why were we thinking that, maybe we just take that one by one and we kind of leave, uh, leave the odd man out and we can discuss him last. So 15th, 15th round, I, I think we, we liked we, – we talked about the three of them um, – all three of them went on day two um, and it came down to Esprit versus Schwartz. And we, we went with Schwartz based on his, his youth. Um, Eskridge, we, we kind of liked about as much, but he's 24. Schwartz is 20. Yeah. Um, and the situation uh, that Schwartz is in, the guy runs like ridiculous speed. He's like a four, two, nine, some say four, two, five, um, and Auburn used him in, in, in creative ways. Um, sure. he, yep. you know, he, he had some rushing attempts. Um, so to me, I think he's got a chance to help the Browns from day one. Um, and if you look a year from now, his stock might rise a lot because Jarvis Landry and Oil Beckham are both 28 years old. Um, so Schwartz has a chance to be a role in Cleveland um, and you know, we, that was, I mean, I, I like, I like Eskridge, you know, if I'm drafting a, a redraft team and, and I'm taking a shot on a guy or a underdog fantasy team, I'm, I'm taking probably Eskridge over Schwartz, but I think that Schwartz is, is got a really chance to, um, you know, I think he's got a chance to be a better NFL player for his career, uh, long-term. And he's a guy that we were, we were happy to get, um, you know, especially yeah, in the I think- round. Yeah, and I think you know we 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 talked about hit hit rates in the twelfth round, fifteenth round. We're just wanting to take these day two shots, and I think that that's exactly where we're at from a mindset perspective. Is yes, okay, day two wide receivers, the running backs on the board, they're not going to do much for us. Uh, you know, let's take some of these shots that you know potentially could they turn into alphas, and maybe that was the our second pick is the true could be an alpha. Anthony Schwartz, um, you know, Kevin Stefanski, you mentioned it. I, I think that he can be seen. Uh, to get his players in creative positions. I think he did a great job with the Browns last year. Uh, hopefully, for our purposes, that continues. And again, um, a little bit higher expectations in Thailand. I'm really, you know, obviously, he should make the opening day roster if he's a day, you know, day two wide receiver. Uh, but, you know, interested to see where that goes. I can already tell you, Theo, he's going to be the player that we're, we're talking about that first waiver wire run. And I'm like, hey, Theo, let's, let's ditch him. And the second I say let's ditch him, 
he's going to be an absolute like monster starting in week five. So just I, I, I'm putting I'm putting the claim on him right now that I'm going to screw up the management of him as we go through this uh, this roster. So just be 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 aware as I'm thinking of players I'm gonna I'm gonna mess up on. Yeah, absolutely. There's got to be a little bit of patience with um with a 20 year old wide receiver in a yeah. Browns offense. Yeah. All right. So we we didn't go Dwayne Eskridge. We ended up getting Josh Palmer in the 18th round. I got to say of our like back half picks, like he is the sexiest pick. I think that we took, I absolutely love it. The fact that the chargers um, organization sees something in him is like thinking about their young quarterback uh, and Herbert and saying, okay, I think that he could be an alpha, especially with Mike Williams leaving uh, potentially leaving uh, after this season. I absolutely love this pick. And I think Theo, I'm going to have a lot more patience with Josh Palmer than I will Anthony Schwartz. Yeah, John, so I, it, it's funny. I, Palmer was, you know, I did well at the Senior Bowl. Um, he's big. He's he's strong. Uh, he had success against elite cornerbacks this year, um, but his overall stats are kind of shitty. But the, the Chargers <laughs> yeah, liked him enough. Yeah. <laughs> he, he was one of these guys where, um, you know, you, you can't really go by their by their stats. Um, he had poor quarterback play at, at Tennessee. Um, but you know, his, his senior year, he, he put on film and, um, you know, the guy also, he, he went, you know, I know we're, we're both in a lot of, uh, non, non triflex dynasty leagues for FFPC and Palmer was a very funny guy. Cause in rookie drafts, Palmer, I saw Palmer go in the second round, uh, once or twice. I also saw him fall to the fourth round. Um, but people who liked Palmer are really being aggressive with Palmer. So for us to get him in the eighth round, um, and again, he went in the second round in, in one of my seven fifties with, with a, you know, pretty sharp owner took him in, in second round late second. So the idea with Palmer is a year from now, uh, he might be the number two target. Um, you know, I, I take that back. He'd be the number three target because you have to give respect to Eckler, but he'd be the number three target to a quarterback. We all love. Um, and Mike Williams certainly does not look long for the situation in, in uh, L.A. So Palmer has a shot. Um, he's a third rounder. So third round hit rates for, for are, are not fantastic, but they're, but they're OK. Um, you know, guys like, like Terry McLaurin have hit um, over the years in that round. So, you know, I'm happy, really happy to get Palmer in the 18th. And I think a lot of teams in our league would love to get a chance at Palmer if they could redo that 17th, 18th round. T- totally agree. I mean, I think that that was the beauty of it is, you know, as an uncle, you know, I switched to our team view. We're going to go back to the draft board really quickly. I think if you look at, you know, some of the people that were going, you know, a lot of the other wide receivers uh, that were drafted late, you know, after Josh Palmer, you know, were kind of going around him. And, and I really think that, you know, as maybe the rookie drafts progressed or as people saw ADP develop or, you know, saw, you know, the, the sharper players really like hone in on people, I really think that we got an absolute steal with Palmer there uh, in the 18th round. I, I don't think that that would happen to us uh, again. So I, I was really happy that we had uh, access to him there. Yeah, absolutely. So Theo, uh, yeah, so so Theo here showing kind of how our team ended. Um, we, you know, we can kind of walk through. I know we grabbed a couple of of good handcuffs. So that way, we feel good uh, o- over the summer. Um, I love that we only grabbed one tight end. The only question I have for you is Kylan Granson, Theo. We didn't get Kylan Granson on this team. Are we upset? Are we happy? Or is that going to tip your hand too soon for all the rookie drafts that you and I had together? 
I, I mean, <laughs> that's the, that's Colin, a hard Colin Granson, Colin Granson, um, you know, we're, we're both, we're both into Colin Granson now, but you know, certainly Gerald Everett as our tight end too is, I think it's money. Yeah. I think that, you yes. know, Russell Wilson makes tight ends and the fact that Seattle went and got Everett from a, a division rival, um, they're, they're familiar with him. And I think that Everett could be a very sneaky player this year. I tried to, tried to roster him, um, in a few weeks, I know that I was able to pick him up in some rookie drafts where, yep. you know, he wasn't rostered and I was able to trade, I traded a third rounder for him um, in, in a league. So I have some Everett. I'm, I'm happy to have him. I think that, you know, it's not out of the question that he outscores um, Henry. Um, I think, you know, Everett as our tight end too, I think we're fine. I think, you know, adding a guy like Granson, I mean, there's a lot of these tight ends. A couple of them will become hot names as the summer goes along. And, you know, we'll we'll have opportunity to add those guys in the first waiver wire run. So I don't mind being a little thin at the tight end position. Um, we we certainly would would feel bad if we were thin at the wide receiver position, which I don't Absolutely. think we are. Um, and uh, you know, cuff wise, it was very important to get McFarlane and Booker. We used them in the nineteenth and twenty. We got nineteenth and twentieth round picks for them, so it was not like we had to reach. Um, and you know, if anything happened to Saquon, Booker was a free agent signing, Wayne Gallman's out of the way. Um, and, uh, you know, I think Booker would have a clear role in New York. Uh, and, you know, McFarlane versus Benny Snell is kind of always a, a little bit of a, a an argument for the, uh, the degenerate um, high stakes fantasy football community. Um, I've had some arguments with, you know, a lot of friends um, about which one is the, is the cuff to have. Um, certainly Snell won that argument last year, but you know, he didn't do anything, but he certainly got more work than McFarlane, but I like McFarlane very late, uh, you know, fourth round draft pick. Uh, it's his, a former college coach of his is now the offensive coordinator in uh, Pittsburgh in, in Matt Canada. And I would think that if Najee Harris went down, McFarlane would see the receiving work and have, you know, uh, more productive per touch basis production. So I, you know, and again, 19th and 20th round picks, we spent nothing on them. Um, but exactly. you know, yeah. we're definitely gonna be able to hold those guys through training camp and make sure that, you know, our, our Teflon running back, Saquon Barkley and Najee Harris stay nice, nice and healthy for us. Yeah. And we, uh, looking at it now, and as you reminded us, the, the, the Twitter, the Twitter beefs, uh, in the streets, it's, it was it was these two teams. It was the Steelers and the Giants. Like that was the whole crux of the uh, the argument because it was the it was the Wayne Gallman and Benny Snell and Anthony McFarland arguments from last year. So, so somehow we tripped ourselves into uh, into having a Twitter argument on our uh, bench. So yep, now that will be fun. Let's just keep 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 the roster free and clear from uh from any of that. Um, Theo, let's transition into roasting a couple of teams here. You mentioned being thin at wide receiver. So now we have up on uh, on on the YouTube stream. Uh, we can add some of this, you know, as part of you know, screenshots and and tech and, uh, and the tweets when we uh, tweet out the show link. But let's start with our boy Diddy Wing Two. Must be his second team here. He and and again, the, this view that I like, Theo, is that we can see what they did with their draft picks for next year. How mortgaged are they for the future? Um, we've got Diddy Wing Two here, who doesn't have uh, his first through fourth draft picks next year. That's okay. Look, you know, first, second, that's what I'm really concentrated on. I don't know about you, Theo. But as I look at his team, like this is the most win now team of, you know, th- that I have seen in one of these triflexes yet. And I want to focus on his four wide receivers. And again, 
we said at the top, new Rotoviz FFPC collaboration, TriFlex. It's you know super flex, but for start three wide receivers, two additional flexes. One of them can be a quarterback, but you have to start three wide receivers, Theo. This guy drafted, my boy Diddy Wing, drafted four. Keenan Allen, Henry Ruggs, Allen Robinson, Marquez Valdez, Scaling. Let's just start there. <laughs> because look, the rest of the team, you know, he's got some studs. But you're in a triflex draft, three wide receivers. What are we doing here, Theo? I again, Diddy Wing has some some an interesting team build. I'm I'm pretty sure that the the Sean Siegels and Dave Cabins of the world in Rotovids would not like the uh would not like the team build here with only four wide bleeding. receivers. I think that they might throw up uh, if they saw this team build. <laughs> Um, listen, it's it's and and I don't I don't even know who who Diddy Wing is. So if he listens to this, yeah. you know, by all means, come, come on the show this year. But come, come on the pod Wilson, to discuss. Wilson, so <laughs> another thing I'll take take issue with: Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers is a great combination of quarterbacks, but his quarterback three is Ty, Kyle Trask. I would like a quarterback three um, that if I'm going to take a young quarterback three, I'd like a guy that is you know more guaranteed to play. I like having a quarterback three that I can plug in if a guy, if there's an injury, if an injury happens to Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers, he's going to end up having to cut Kyle Trask to add another quarterback to fill. So he has two quarterbacks starting. Um, And then in terms of the running back position, you know, listen, the guy got Travis Kelsey's fantastic. He's going to have a fantastic year. Alan Robinson, Keenan, beautiful. That's a beautiful build. Um, and Henry and Elliot, but his team is so top heavy. Um, he's going to really need, he's going to need Zach Moss to be a David Montgomery this year. Um, and he's going to need Marcus Valdez Scantling to be a wide receiver three and Henry Ruggs to be a wide receiver three. And then he can, you know, kind of prove everybody wrong, but basically sacrifice the future to win. Now, if I'm going win now, I'm not taking Kyle Trask. And just based on this format, I absolutely need wide receivers and like we discussed, it's difficult to find wide receivers on the waiver wire. Even that first yep. waiver wire run, there's not going to be a whole lot of guys who are, are just going to gonna pop in training camp. You're going to say, ooh, I need to grab them. The fact that there's yep. three wide receivers you're starting, um, most of the teams in our league kind of were like us, and they end up with you know six-plus wide receivers. Um, yep. I mean, in this format, you could you could roster eight and kind of talk yourself into that. Um, you cannot so, have too many wide receivers in the league, and, and you certainly can't be with four. So, Theo, this, you, you don't even know, but that's a beautiful transition. All right, so that, that was me. We dumped on Diddy Wing. Uh, Diddy Wing, come on the pod to discuss. Yeah. Let's transition to Giles of the Trees Dino, also number two. He took one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight – I'm still going 9, 10, 11, 12 wide receivers in this format, Theo. Before we get to it, he has George Kittle as his only tight end in three first-round picks next year. I'm going to start off by saying I like this build. Yeah, I like some of the wide receivers. Yeah, I like the wide receivers he took. Uh, so I just I gave you numbers. Like right, He took uh, DJ Moore, Cortland Sutton, um, Odell Beckham, Brandon Cooks. That's great. Diami Brown, Jalen Waddle, and Deontay Harris, and maybe you get something for Paris Campbell. He's got AB mixed in there. Robbie Anderson, I've been, like I skipped over. Like he's got a great core. He can start five of those, and probably will start five of those wide receivers. And even if he's not starting those five receivers, 
in this format, and I'm going to say it for like, you know, the 69th time today, you're starting three of them. When, when our friend Diddy Wing is in a lot of trouble, Diddy Wing is going to have to further more, you know, mortgage himself or just like, you know, you know, sit on the sidelines. And I think Giles is going to be pretty liquid in value that he can then ship around the league here. What do you think, Theo? I, I think Giles had a great strategy and he, and he followed it through in the entire draft. Um, you know, and if you're going to go naked at tight end and go with only one, George Kittle is certainly the, certainly one of the better tight ends in the league. You know, he's going in the top 15, 16 picks of a lot of these football guys drafts. Um, so he's got a foundational tight end, um, quarterback wise, you got guys, you know, we loved Matthew Stafford. Um, I think Stafford and Brady are quarterback ones this year or right around there. And Deshaun Watson, you know, there's two ways to look at Watson. Either he stole Watson and Watson's only going to be suspended a few games or not at all. And Watson will come in and have great production. Or you look at Deshaun Watson as a future first round pick. Um, and it's kind of like a guy he's stashing. Uh, and then running back wise, you know, he has he has Aaron Jones, um, which is great. And then he has David Montgomery, who we're not huge fans of, but he's he's going to be a, a running back too. And then I like how he was able to um, add Gaskin and Malcolm Brown. Yeah. And the yeah. and so he's got the Miami running back and, locked and up. Gus, and he's got, Edwards, and he's got Gus Edwards. So yeah. uh, Giles is a team to be to be reckoned with in this league. Yes. I also like how his wide receivers he he has Antonio Brown, Brandon Cooks, and Odell Beckham, and Robbie Anderson. So he's got some productive uh, veterans, and he's able to mix them in with Jalen Waddle, Deontay Johnson, Diami Brown. Um, so he's also got Nico, those, Nico Collins and, too, and, and Cortland Sutton, and Cortland yeah. Sutton, and uh, yeah, Moore. I mean, the, guy's, the guy's loaded. So Giles has a Giles has a hell of a team. That's going to be a tough team for us to beat. I still think, you know, we can absolutely beat him, but it's, he's, he's got a really, really well-built team. Yep. All right. So let's just take a quick look at another team who mortgaged their future. And then we'll kind of get to some of the, some of the friends of the pod, if you will. Um, this is, this is Maltese pack. The, the key thing that he did, and we talked about it a little bit is his start. I think I loved, uh, he traded up. He got the one Oh two. I like being aggressive. Although, and Theo, this is where I want your thoughts. This format, where it's, I think that you're going to, you know, it's going to be shallower in terms of you know the the free agent pool um, or who's you know available to start because there is also no kicker in defense. They had Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, and then he got the Dalvin Cook start. Um, now he is a little bit older across the rest of his roster. He is mortgaged to the future. I loved his start, Theo, but then I think that he he fizzled out in terms of where I would have taken it in terms of like purposely trying to add some level of youth on the back end of the roster. And I just don't think that he did. I just think he went old, 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 old throughout. And I don't think he mixed in much youth upside to help protect him for his mortgaged future. So wh- wh- where, where are you thinking with this one? Yeah. I mean, I think his window is, is very, so I will say that he, having Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes kind of um, covers up a lot of issues in a super flex format. So yeah. while he's rebuilding his team, he has two quarterbacks he, he won't ever have to touch. So he took, just as a refresher, he took Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen with the first two picks in the draft. So I think he yeah. had the first pick, and he traded up to get pick two. So he took those two quarterbacks. Then he aggressively got Dalvin Cook. Um, so Michael Thomas was a, was, a, was a great pick for him. He was very fortunate in the draft um, that Mike Davis looks like a guy who's rising. Um, yeah, he's so he'll, alive. On the flip side, Melvin Gordon, uh, you feel a lot worse about with Javante Williams there. So 
I like this kind of win now a, a, a little bit more um, because he he has the strength at the quarterback position. But again, his, yeah. his his window is his window is is small, but he certainly could could put it together. Um, I don't I don't I don't love the team, but I certainly I certainly like the aggressive nature of getting you know the two guys you really want at one two, and then yeah. you know we both love Dalvin Cook, so I could see this team making some noise. Not a fan of tight end tight ends. I think uh, Tanya is going to regress, and um, you know Herndon is Herndon at this point. Um, is he rosterable? Is he you know there now? There's people saying in New York he's going to have a role again. We heard this all last summer, so. Um, I, I like our thin tight end build better than his. Um, yeah. And then wide receiver wise, there's there's a number of question marks, but he does have Michael Thomas, and uh, you know Julio mm-hmm. Jones won't disappear. So, um, not a huge fan, but I I, I can kind of see some of his his thought process. You you can squint and get there for this year. It's just I I, I feel like Theo when I do teams like win now teams, extreme win now teams. And again, I love the 102, you know, 101, 102 Dalvin Cook story. Awesome. I just feel like the you know the rest of the draft is is almost all going to go over the like the the cliff at the same time. They're they're, they're going to be O'Doyle rulesing off the cliff. Um, all, all the I mean you know Melvin Gordon, Leonard Fournette, Tariq Cohen, David you know David Johnson, Mostert. You know, I, I just I, I think that the whole team and I I think that when I do this, where I found myself is wanting to at least take some youth darts, even if maybe they're more unknown than some of these veterans. He's not going to be able to play all the veterans here. So I think in my, my preference, if you're going to do this like really top-heavy, older veteran start, then I want at least some youth mixed in. And there's almost no youth throughout this team, except for at the quarterback position, which you mentioned. You want your win, you want your win window to be, you know, forever. And you can yes. you can kind of balance it with you, you can kind of balance it where you're never having to truly blow it up and, and rebuild. I mean, and listen, we all say this and you know, I, I've had some rebuilds, you've had some rebuilds, but yeah. in, when you have a startup, I think, like you said, you want to have that mix of, you can go productive struggle and kind of mail it in your first year and, you know, you might end up liking, you know, your two, three and on. But I think that in the FFPC format where you're only rostering 20 guys, I think, you know, you can put together a team that kind of just continues to win. Um, and you know, I don't. I think going to the extremes is, is somewhat unnecessary. Yep, makes sense. All right, Theo, let's do a couple friends of the pod, and then we'll transition with one last team before we uh, talk about a trade offer we received. So this is Biplap Mandel is a Bitcoin team. Uh, he went Justin Herbert earlier, and I think as he does, you know, trades around a little bit. He did uh, for his call it QB two. He did grab the combination of the New Orleans Saints quarterbacks, which I, I like the idea of. You can kind of see how that progresses over the summer. And again, in these startups in the FFPC, you can only draft three uh, in either the Superflex or the Triflex modes. Um, his running backs, I really like what he did. And, uh, you know, he, he did grab James Robinson. He was on James Robinson last year. He grabbed the you know Browns backfield. He got Hunt and Chubb. Theo, Sermon's a guy that I just continue to miss out on, but he drafted Sermon – and I just think Sermon, with especially with the Jeff Wilson news, I think Sermon's going to be a guy who's just going to get more and more equity, you know, as the summer progresses. Um, at least that, that's that's my opinion. Where do you see Bips, um, Bips team um, going? Do you like his team? You know, what you know, what would you think of um, uh, his prospects? So I think Bips got a chance in year one, and I, I love how he built his team. I love the strategy of having 
Winston and Hill as your quarterback two and kind of figure it out later. Justin Herbert as his foundational quarterback one, hopefully forever for him. Um, and then it's like the football gods shined on him. He, he got James Robinson and, you know, Travis Etienne kind of screwed that up. But then the Trey Sermon pick, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, ended up looking great. So it kind of balanced all out. Um, and then it's interesting um, to go Chubb and Hunt on the same team. I've seen some sharp players do this, though. Um, it usually seems kind of counterproductive to, to have two guys with so much high draft capital in a startup. But they both have their own role. Um, they both could potentially be, you know, they, I think they should both be top 24 backs again, with Chubb being a, a running back one and Hunt a running back two. So BIP, um, like we talked about, have building a team where you can win now and also have an eye on the future. BIP certainly did that with Diggs and Hopkins as his top two wide receivers and Mike Evans as, as his wide receiver three. Um, he has wide receivers every bit as, as good as ours. I would still take AJ Brown um, ahead of ahead of Hopkins and and Diggs, but yeah. you know it, it, you can make an argument against it. Um, and and, and of course, Theo, to- I just I just noticed too. He he stacked quarterbacks, he stacked Brown uh, running backs, and then he also stacked uh, tight ends. The Steelers, Ebron yeah. <laughs> and your boy uh, Fryermuth. So uh, I, I'm in some leagues with with Bip and. Uh, He's he has about as much Pat Fryermuth as I do, and I have Fryermuth on like seven teams now in uh, FFPC. I love Fryermuth, so does yeah. Bip. Um, he's been taking him all year, so I love how he how he did that. Um, I think there's a chance that you know, hopefully, if it's if it if it's if it all works out for Pat Fryermuth, people, you know, you're cutting Eric Ebron in week ten and just yeah. riding right, you know, the, the, and Fryermuth takes his job. Uh, but I think that you know you kind of protect yourself, and he also has. TJ Hawkinson, which is a guy that we both have, is like a top, you know, four or five yep. dynasty tight end um, with with upside. So yeah, Bip's, Bip really does it well, and he's also got he's got our second round pick, and he's also got his own second round pick, and he was able to pick up a 2022 first, so he has two firsts and two seconds. So if he's making a run towards um, you know the title, he can potentially move picks and add a add a stud. So I like his build a lot. Absolutely. All right, let's talk about one one more team, and this is uh, redshirted seniors. Uh, he is doing the productive struggle. Uh, as I'm showing his team, he is the one who drafted you know Jordan Love as the Jordan Love uh, news was going on. Uh, Kellen Mond and Trevor Lawrence. He really, he, I think he took Trevor Lawrence 105, 106, and then basically just sat on quarterback uh, the rest of the draft. One thing to notice about him is the oh, four first round picks next year. Is that? Five second round picks, and then his team. Right, he's got he's, he's got Trevor Lawrence, Alvin Kamara, and then Devonte Adams uh, as the backbone of his team. Um, if you're gonna do the, the productive struggle, I don't even know if this is gonna be as bad of a struggle as as you, you know you'd even like. I think that's doing a, a disservice to the word uh, struggle. I think his team is actually. Um, pretty competitive for year one. I think the only issue, right, is if Aaron Rodgers is still in Green Bay, I think that he's going to have an issue in that second quarterback spot. But again, somebody who's got a lot of young draft picks, he's got a young roster, uh, he's got an arsenal of nine picks in the first two rounds of the rookie draft next year. I think this is a team that can make some moves uh, and be competitive uh, in year one. Yeah, I mean, he he had a some really, really interesting picks. Um, and he also has, you know, Alvin Kamara, like you said, um, Gallup, Cup, Adams, 
And then he's able to add Elijah Moore, um, who, you know, yeah. I'm extremely high on. He, he, he's, he's the one who... So He's the one who uh, he who he he got us. He pr- he pranked us after the Pollard pick. He's the one who went to uh, the the the, the Pittman Elijah Moore back to back. You know, yep. dagger in the heart. Yeah. Yep. He certainly spotted the value and he took it there. And uh, yeah, he he's got a hell of a build. He's got a lot of picks for for twenty twenty two, and uh, you know he has a year from now. Trevor Lawrence could be a top five pick. Um, you know, I'm not quite sure that Trevor Lawrence is going to have as dominant a rookie season as some do, but uh, you 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 know. You can't deny the talent and the situation where he's going to have opportunities to shine. Um, and he's got, you know, veterans who he, he got Gallup at great value. I think um, Gabe Davis, he got a great value um, tight end wise. He's, he's got, you know, Logan Thomas, who we both like a lot. He got Ferkser at great value. Yeah, um, so yeah, I mean, red shirts could have a year. And again, he's got all those picks. So if he, if he looks like he's, competing for the championship, he can offer a first and a second and pick up a stud veteran to fill a spot, even, even a quarterback he trade for. Um, and again, I, I think that the, I'm, I'm a minority that I think that the Rogers situation will work itself out. And I think he'll be, he'll be the green Bay quarterback this year. So yeah. red shirts will be in a little bit of a bind uh, for his quarterback too. But with all those picks, I, I think he'll figure it out. And, and to connect back to our, our first review and be, and be a little bit mean again, He's got Diddy Wings first and second round pick. So, yeah, certainly. Uh, so, he's so things go wrong for Diddy. Diddy for the things that things to fall apart for Diddy. Wing. And uh, it would just be, uh, you know, if that pick turns, if that turns out to be, uh, to, turns out to be a high one for Diddy Wing too. I mean, red shirts is looking good. That's right. All right, so let's transition away from from uh, red shirts, um, or at least to a trade he offered us. We can pull that trade up now, and this will be our kind of last segment for the night. Uh, so Redshirt did send us a trade offer. It's Devonte Adams, his Devonte Adams for our Calvin Ridley, Tony Pollard, and 2022nd uh, first round pick. Uh, I'll just start with one nonsense comment, and then Theo, again, you're the brains in the beauty. Hey man, after I spent the last month convincing myself that Tony Pollard <laughs> was the right pick and that I didn't want his Pittman or his Elijah Moore that he got, I'm certainly not just flipping Tony Pollard back. I don't even know if I would do, and again, not a serious comment. I don't even know if I, I would do after all that convincing of myself Devonte Adams straight up for Tony Pollard. But Theo, wh- where are you where are you thinking for this deal? Because I think that you're much more measured uh, I mean, and, I, and serious. I, I I love Devonte Adams. I had a yeah. I, I had a 500 um, where I traded 1.05 overall and 1.07 overall in a rookie draft to get Devonte Adams and a 2022 third, um, which I thought was you know good value at the time and. I still would make the trade despite the Rodgers rumors. I think Devontae, with 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 Jordan Love or with any quarterback Green Bay throws out there, Devontae Adams is a wide receiver one anytime he steps on the field. And he'll get yeah. peppered with targets. But this is too much to give up for him. Um, you know, Calvin Ridley, we feel great about. Ridley's situation, you know, whether Julio's there or not, Ridley's going to have a, a great year. I think that having 160 targets for Ridley this year is not out of question. He was in the 140s last year. I think he's he's going to put up like Stephon Diggs-like targets this year. Um, and Pollard, we're, we're both high on. And then to add the first round pick, I mean, it just it's it's not happening. Um, and I'm and I would I'm not sure I would I would do it Pollard and Amari Cooper in the first round pick, let alone no. Ridley. So it's a it's a no for us. Um, 
I don't but, know. It's, uh, so yeah, let's I, let's hit let's hit reject live here, Theo. First of all, let's let's hit reject. All right, now that now now that that's done, right? Wait, wait, hold on. First of all, should I even hit reject? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, Theo, um, the good news for our league mates, if they are listening, is we did already pay our 2022 deposit. So our first round pick for the right value is available. I just don't think this is the right value for us. No, I mean, listen, and if it comes down the line and we have a chance to win and, and it's a matter of getting, you know, Devontae Adams for a 2022 first and LaVisca Chenault, you know, yeah. that's something that I would do. But again, Ridley's a foundational player for us. Absolutely. Um, I still prefer Adams in the bubble, but I think a year from now it might be a little closer. So yeah. it's... To, no. to get to get rid of Ridley and upgrade to Adams, and I again, I think that we're all saying it is an upgrade, especially for this year. I think that that's what we're thinking, but it doesn't move the needle for our prospects. Our prospects yeah. are probably in the same tier as they were pre-trade. Yeah, and I think I mean, that you'd, you know, you'd be adding, you'd be adding potentially, uh, you know, two points per game, which I don't think is is anything that really really changes your your team. Um, if you could go from Lobiska Chenault to Adams, you might be adding. 10 points per game. So it's, yep. you have to kind of balance, you know, what it would do for your team. Um, I mean, I'd love to, I'd love to get Adams. Um, Richards, if you were listening, keep yeah. sending offers. Potentially we could work one out, but he, he is a man. Out. He is a man who likes to be overpaid. So yep. uh, we'll have to, we'll have to, we'll have to work through that. Yep. <laughs> we, we like and, to pay uh, fair prices around here. Right, and right, we yeah. are we are you know as an announcement to our to our loyal listeners <laughs> we are we are planning on another another yes. uh, high stakes FFPC triflex startup, and you know just so you understand we are not doing these for for your enjoyment we are doing these so we can make money yeah so we're we're going for it in each of these leagues and uh, you know hopefully we uh, hopefully we cash a couple of these and it'll be a, a great product that we've documented but. Sometime yeah. about a, about a week after the Memorial Day holiday, we'll be in another startup. So we're we're fired up about that one. I love it, Theo. Let's let's close out there. Really appreciate it. Glad we were able to get Triflex number three off the ground and, and finish off our first high stakes draft. As you mentioned, we got the second one coming up here shortly. Uh, looking forward to talking on this Triflexin and uh, and all the other podcasts on the Goat District Podcast Network. Thanks, Theo, uh, and we'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Take care, Bye, everyone. Buddy.